That's good stuff. Hey, will you pray with me this morning? Father God, I just thank you for this time again, Lord. And uh, just ask that this would be your time. Lord, these are your people. Uh, I'm yours. Speak to us, Lord. We just thank you for the opportunity to hear from you. And uh, I just pray that your words will be heard this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let me ask you a question. How many of you feel like junior hires today? Besides the junior hires. <laughs> Brenda, awesome. Okay, well, here's the deal. Uh, this morning you're going to hear a message that is uh, very close to the one that I'm going to preach next week at junior high camp. Uh, junior high camp, we're doing something really, really, really cool this year, and that is uh, that instead of bringing in a speaker, we have youth pastors that are speaking, uh, youth pastors from the district, which is really neat. And uh, the theme of junior high camp this year is reboot. Uh, anybody not familiar with computers at all? Uh, reboot would be a term where, let's say, that your computer had been working great, and all of a sudden it just kind of isn't. And so you reboot, uh, which means that you restart it. It's not that the computer's bad. It's just that you need to kickstart it. Yeah? Are you with me? Okay, that's the term that we're using. The first night is log on. And so if you have a bulletin, you can see that tonight, or tonight, oops, this morning, is uh, log on. And uh, it's from Saul to Paul, so obviously we're going to talk about the conversion of Saul. And so when I say that you're going to get pretty much the same message, I should say ish, because there's going to be words that I will use at junior high camp that I won't use here. Now, they're not inappropriate, so don't get worried or take notes to talk to pastor when he gets back. But there'll be words that, I don't know, you may not like the descriptions. They may not quite hit. Here's the deal. When we, when we preach to junior hires, when we preach to children, when we do all that kind of thing, we use a different technique, I guess. It's not really technique, a new uh, different delivery mechanism, okay? Um, meaning, well, if you've ever spent any time at all uh, dealing with children or teens or anything like that, it's you can be goofy, and they don't care. It's really cool. And you should be kind of goofy. Um, or if they do care, they don't tell me. Uh, they just sit back and laugh like Siobhan does a lot. And so, but you can be kind of goofy, and, and you really need to be. You can't really deliver it exactly the same way that you would on a Sunday morning, perhaps here. Uh, so some of the things that we would do if you kind of hang out in children's church, you'll know that um, if I did some of the stuff here that I do in children's church, you guys really would think I'm nuts. Uh, and I may be. But, uh, you know, there's voices and everything else. So the point is, there'll be certain points where uh, you might kind of pick up that there might have been a different word or term there, and I'm trying to work in my mind what different term I might give you. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Okay. There you go. So this morning I'll just ask you uh, a couple of questions. First of all, we are looking... In the book of Acts, now don't worry, I'm not going to read all of this, but Acts chapter 7, 8, 9, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. It's all kind of put together. So we're not going to read all of that, but you kind of know it's coming from Acts. You see, there's about three times that, that the story of Saul's conversion is told in Acts, and each one is just a little bit different. And, I mean, it's all the same, but it's just a little bit more detail in each one. It's really pretty cool. So we're going to be talking about that. There you go. That's the setup. Everybody still with me? So if I've lost you already, man, that's going to be bad. Has anyone ever mistaken you for Jesus? Oh, yeah, this is interactive. Now, I'm not talking about physically, okay? Because you might be saying, well, well idiot, I'm not a, a 30-year-old bearded dude walking around in a robe telling people about the weight of the Father and doing miracles and all that. Of course you're not. Neither am I. But I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about has anyone ever seen your life to a point where you think, I mean, they think, and they look at you, and they say, wow, you must really know Jesus because you're so much like him. Anybody? Awesome. Okay, well, we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. 
<laughs> First of all, logging on. Is everybody with me on logging on? On what you do? Let's just let's put it this way. Let's pretend there's a supercomputer over here, and this supercomputer is the computer for Derby Church of the Nazarene. Okay, and and in order to get access to that, I would have to give you a username and password. And once you logged on, you would have access to absolutely everything. Uh, Everybody in the church, their hobbies, their names, their dress, and all that. By the way, this does not exist. I don't want you to get nervous. Okay? And, and you have access to everything. The way that the church works, everything. Okay? All because you logged on. So to log on is basically to gain access, like maybe to a network or something that you didn't have access to before. All right? Everybody with me on that one? Okay, very good. Uh, I do like preaching here because it's fun, but a few weeks ago I preached at Westside. And uh, that's my home church. That's where I grew up. I've been there since I was in kindergarten. And it was really weird uh, because a lot of the people that were out there are people that knew me when I was had hair. And it was a long time. And so I'm, I'm preaching and I'm thinking, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what are you doing up there? You little punk. I saw you doing all this different stuff. So it was really weird. It was a very, very, very strange thing. Also, they didn't respond except for one lady. And that was really funny. She told me she ate glue. Um, <laughs> I guess you had to be there. And so, but they, they didn't really respond. So I like that. I like it when people respond. It's really fun, except for when they make fun of my hair. Ah! <clears throat> hmm. oh! Let's just pray and get out of here. Uh, so that computer, and you would have access to that computer, but you would not have access to that computer until I gave you the username and password, correct? Correct. Okay. So I think you probably see where I'm going with this. Let's pretend that computer is Jesus. Now, Jesus is not a computer, okay? But let's just pretend for a second that Jesus is that supercomputer. In order to gain access to that, you would have to have a username and password if it was a computer, correct? But Jesus is not a computer. And in order to gain access, here's it. Uh, it's, in, it's found in Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 9, I believe. There it is. There it is. Uh, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. Absolutely. And that's your access. But before you get access to Jesus, you don't have access to eternity or eternal life. Okay? You don't have access to all the blessings that he would give or any of that stuff. But once you gain access, once you log on to Jesus, you have access to all of those amazing blessings. So if you're an outsider looking in, you got squat. You don't know anything about all these blessings. Correct? Yeah. So once you log on, there you go. So that's kind of the theory, the whole thing about logging on. So let's kind of get into it. Let's start talking about Saul a little bit this morning. Uh, the story that we're talking about is Saul's conversion. Uh, and there are three main characters in this story. There's Saul, and Saul is a Pharisee. Okay? Thought he was deeply committed to God, really, really felt it, but did not believe in Jesus as the Messiah. And then you have Ananias, who did. Ananias was already logged on to Jesus. Our, Ananias was a guy that was filled with the Holy Spirit, knew Christ very, very well. He's another guy. We'll talk about him later. And then, of course, Jesus, right? Who's Jesus? Well... If you don't know, Jesus is God's son. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the one that God the Father sent here to save each one of you and me of our sins, whether we knew we had them or not, to pay the ultimate price, to take every sin with him to the cross, to the death. He died on the cross. Three days later, he rose again. And where is he now? Wow, that was convincing. Where is he now? Yeah, he's, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's, he's waiting for the day to come back and to get all of you and me, hopefully, that believe in him. Right? There you go. All right. Got to have, got to know that one. That one's, that's a biggie. That's, that's it. That, that is absolutely it. So those are the three main characters. So here's Saul. 
what was going on with Saul? Well, in order to talk about Saul, let me tell you about it. one of the little challenges that you have as a, uh, a preacher. And that is that when you start to talk about a story in the Bible or a character in the Bible, how deep do you go? You know what I mean? I mean, how far back in the history do you go? How do you... How, how, here's what I mean. We're going to talk about Saul, obviously. You have to talk about Stephen just a little bit. Well, in order to talk about Stephen, do we have to know who Stephen was, why he existed? We talk about the apostles. Who are the apostles? Well, the disciples. Who are disciples of who? Disciples of Christ. And before you know it, you're all the way back at, in the beginning, God created. And I don't think you want to go through all of that with me this morning, do you? This would be the part that everybody's going, I will interact with you. No, please do not read from Genesis 1 all the way. <laughs> that would be interesting. I wonder how many would you get up about Exodus. Uh, so, just briefly about Stephen. Stephen is a guy that was so filled with the Holy Spirit that he didn't give a rip what anybody thought about what he was saying because he knew that he was speaking the truth. He absolutely loved Jesus. He absolutely bought into Jesus as the Messiah. And he loved Jesus so much that he was not afraid to tell even those who were the high priests who thought they were everything what Jesus really said. And see, he has this amazing speech that, to be honest with you, I would love to learn this speech. I'm not sure exactly why, but it's an amazing speech. It's a speech that he gave to the Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin is a Jewish council. These are the guys that thought that they were the ultimate authority on everything God. Okay? And he gave this speech to them and basically called them a bunch of losers who just didn't know what they were talking about. And it was not just them, but also their forefathers. And they just come from a long line of losers. That is a very summarized version and I would love to learn that. I'm not sure why I think it would be cool to be at customer service at Target. You're returning something that didn't work. They give you trouble, and you just start into that speech. I don't know why it wouldn't do any good, but it would be fun. Uh, and it's a long one. It's a really good one. So if you haven't read it, uh, go back and read it. It's in Acts. Uh, is it 5? Chapter 5? Chapter 6? Somewhere in there. It's awesome. So Stephen is a guy that was very, very filled with the Holy Spirit, and he did not care. So they decided they were going to kill him. And when they killed him, when they did a stoning back then, I mean, it was, it was a brutal, nasty thing. And so they are stoning this guy to death. And while they're doing this, this is when we learn about Saul. Saul is hanging out there, and he's holding the, the coats and, and the garments of the guys who are stoning him. I'm not sure why. Maybe they didn't want to get blood on him. Maybe they didn't want to get sweaty. I don't know, but he's holding them. And the Bible says he is giving his approval to Stephen's death. Are you with me? Awesome. So this is when a major, major persecution broke out on the church of Jerusalem. Okay, this is the church that absolutely bought into Jesus as Messiah, that believed that he was the Christ and is, and they loved him. And they were, you know, Holy Spirit filled. These were guys that were just on fire. And so the persecution broke out against them and Saul was leading this charge. He was going and he was arresting people. He was dragging them in. If they resisted, there were some deaths for sure. And there was definitely some very, very poor treatment of these people that claimed to be Christians. Sound fun? I don't think so. But that's what was going on. And so Saul goes out there, and, and he's doing all this stuff. Well, right after the stoning of Stephen, the church just kind of, well, they took off. They didn't, they didn't think that was too cool, and they kind of bolted, and they got scared. All except for the, the apostles, they're there, and they're continuing to preach. And not only are they continuing to preach, but they're continuing to preach spirit-filled messages. And because they're preaching about Jesus and preaching through the Holy Spirit, what was happening? The church was just... I mean, people were coming to know Jesus that were totally committed to the devil, that were into magic arts and all this goofy, nasty stuff, and they were coming to know Jesus and turning away from all of that junk. That sounds pretty cool to me. And so that's what was going on. So Saul went to the, the high priest, and he got these letters. He got this uh, permission to go to Damascus where the apostles were preaching and had these letters. And not only did these letters say, yeah, 
Uh, Saul has permission to be here, but once he gets here, he can arrest you. And if you resist, sad news, friend, you're going to die. Right? And, and nobody wanted that, but that's what happened. So he had these letters. And he is on his way to Damascus. He's got some buddies with him. And as he's on his way to Damascus, he has an encounter with Jesus. And this encounter with Jesus that he has was a flash of light that Saul, Paul, later on talks about as being brighter than the sun. Anybody ever look at the sun? Yeah, that's really stupid, but you've done it. And you look at it, and when you look away, even if it's just for a split second, what do you see in front of you? Black dots, right? And you're like, Teresa, what did you do to your face? It's gone. And you're like, it's over here. Oh, I see it. You know, because that black dot is in the way. So this is Saul. He is looking at a bright uh, light that is brighter than the sun. So what happens to him is it's just instant brightness. And this light is so powerful. And there's a, a force from, uh, from heaven that is so powerful it knocks Saul to the ground. And he's laying on the ground blind. Now his buddies that are with him are like, what do happen? I mean, they, they saw the light. They heard the noise. But they have no clue. They don't hear Jesus speaking very plainly to Saul. You know, and they're over there going, uh, I don't even know if they see him. <laughs> just, who knows? You can picture all kinds of cool stuff, crazy stuff. But this is what's going on. One of my absolute favorite things to do is... Uh, to get on my motorcycle when there's a storm. I know. I also ride without a helmet. Yes, I'm stupid. But there's a storm. Not if it's like pouring or hailing or anything, I don't go out right then. But if I see it coming, I like to get on the bike and go out, and I like to watch the storm. Anybody ever watch storms? They're awesome, right? Well, here on this particular night, it was about uh, 7 o'clock or so. It was kind of toward fall. It was a nice, cool evening. And uh, so I am jump on the bike, and I'm riding because... There is uh, this amazing blue sky back behind these white clouds that are right behind these dark, dark gray with blue highlights. I mean, just a gorgeous storm cloud, right? And right back behind there is this white, and then the sun is reflecting off of those. It's just, it, it's amazing. Can you picture this at all? It is just absolutely incredible. And I'm riding, and I'm watching this, and I'm watching kind of the storm roll in, and then this lightning. Anybody ever seen cloud-to-cloud lightning? It is the coolest thing. It is incredible because this lightning goes from this cloud to this cloud and sometimes back again, and you're like, oh, that's so cool. Just me, I guess. But it's awesome. And I was watching this thing, and I don't know what was going on, whether God was teaching some angels how to run the lights in heaven. I don't know. I just know that it was awesome. And so I, I'm, and I'm doing this as I'm riding down the road, and I'm watching them going, this is so cool. Oh, yeah, the road. This is so cool. I should stop. And so I did, and I stopped at a truck stop, and I just watched this thing for probably 20 minutes. And I'm, I'm just thinking, this is incredible. What an incredible show this is. And then, of course, the lightning starts hitting the ground. Uh, it all starts moving a little bit closer. I'm watching the rain. I'm going, I don't really want to be here for that. So I bolted. Anyway, you don't care about that. But it's incredible. So I don't know if it was a cloudy day, really. I suspect that it was just as clear as everything when this light, because that would have been much, much cooler than anything. And, and this light appears and this flash and this, uh, this thunder sound and, and Saul is having an encounter with Jesus. Absolutely incredible. Can you picture this? Jesus is in heaven, and he's about to talk to Saul. Saul, who thought he was in the center of God's will, thought he was doing exactly what God wanted him to do, because Saul was a Pharisee, and the Pharisees were very committed to the law. The Pharisees thought that in order to get to God, and let me just say, the law that they had was from God. It was through Moses, and they had this. But see, they'd gotten so caught up in the law that they thought, boy, this is I have to do this exact thing, or God is not going to love me. I have to do this in order to get to heaven. Well, when Jesus came, God sent 
his son Jesus, right? And when he came, he came to abolish that law. He came to bring grace and mercy instead of the law, right? Does that mean we can do 85 miles an hour in a 30-mile-an-hour zone? The Derby police does not agree with that, so I'm thinking no, all right? But he's talking about the kind of law where you had to act the proper way. You had to wear the proper thing. You had to make sure that on, on the, the Sabbath you weren't working at all, like even, I mean, just it's, it's unbelievable stuff. And so Saul was very, very committed. So he it was not like he was a non-believer, but he was just a non-believer in the Messiah, in Jesus, okay? Now, the Messiah had been prophesied long before about this, and they knew the Messiah was coming. They just didn't buy Jesus as the Messiah. Yeah? All right. So here's Saul about to have this encounter with Jesus. Remember, he knows his Bible really well. He had to know that this was like a, uh, <laughs> an Old Testament-type meeting. I mean, he had to know that this was, this was God about to speak. And so the flash of light, he's on the ground, and Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he's like, who are you, Lord? He's like, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. And, uh, and then some really cool stuff happened. Well, that was, wait a second, that was all really cool. But Jesus is having that encounter with him right there. And so Jesus in heaven is talking to Saul. How many times have you ever thought about what heaven's going to be like? All the time, right? I mean, uh, you think about what it's going to be like. How many of you have questions for God, or at least you think you have questions for God, and you just know you have them written down somewhere. I don't know where they are. They're definitely in your mind. And you, like, well, like one thing, God, how did you never have a beginning? I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't know, that's cool. And I love that. <clears throat> but I don't get it. And so, you know, we have these questions that we want to ask God, right? Anybody? Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's a song, I think it's Mercy Me, that, that says, I can only imagine, you know, will I run to you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still, you know. I can only imagine. And so you have all these questions you, you think are going to be answered. So here's what I think. Now, this is not a biblical thing. I'm not going to steer you wrong theologically. I'm just saying this concept is all in this crazy mind of mine. I think that it's going to be sort of an orientation type thing when you get to heaven. This is what I think, okay? Uh, you know, there might be PowerPoint I doubt it. I mean, this is, this is heaven, right? Anybody ever seen a 3D movie? Anybody ever seen 4D movie? 4D is where, you, and I don't have the, the sight, you know, the 3D thing, that feel, but 4D means you can smell it, you can, you can probably taste it at times, uh, and you can hear, I mean, feel it and everything else. It's just, it's, they add some extra sensory things. Like uh, if someone on the screen, this is kind of nasty, sneezes, let's demonstrate. I'm totally kidding. That would be funny, though. Um, so it, 40. So I'm thinking it's like the ultimate 40. We'll call it infinity. <laughs> See what I did? All right. So it's infinity. And so this is what I kind of picture. And again, this is not a biblical concept, but here we go. It's the rapture. You are now in heaven. Okay? And here, there's going to be millions of us, right? So they probably divide us up among the saints. Anybody ever been to... Uh, any kind of orientation at all, like maybe high school, maybe middle school, even a job, or whatever. Okay, in middle school, what happens in an orientation? You find out everything you need to know, in theory, about school, right? You, you find out where the classrooms are, who your teachers are. You get to meet your teachers. You, you find out where the gym is, where the bathrooms are, where your lockers are. You get the combination to your locker. You find out you probably time yourself going from this classroom to your locker, to your friend's locker, back to class, just to make sure you have all the time, right? This is all that stuff. It's your chance to get to know everything about the school. You find out where the office is. Anybody know really well where the office is? Yeah. Shame on you. Uh, so this is the kind of stuff you find. So I'm picturing in my tiny little brain here that this is what it might be like in heaven. So maybe there's millions of us, so they, maybe they divide us up. Maybe David takes some. Uh, maybe Paul takes some. Maybe all this. But our group today is Father Abraham, okay? 
Father Abraham walks in and he says, hey, welcome to heaven. It is great to have you. I'm Father Abraham. You probably read about me. I'm kind of in there a lot. <laughs> you know, and there's not much laughter sort of like this morning. And so he's like, let's just get started. And he says, uh, welcome to the orientation room, the O room. We call it the O, you know, because he's funny, I'm sure. Uh, and so he's like, you know what, just a couple of preliminary items before we get started. Uh, all of you by now should have received a new body. Uh, anybody not receive a body, just go ahead and stick your hand up. Phil, I see your hand. If you'll just see Gabe in the back, just some preliminary, we just need to double-check your reservation, no big deal. Phil goes to the back room, <laughs> disappears, never seen or heard from again. There's a fat, bald guy, looks just like me, sitting in the back, had his hand up, he's like, hmm. And uh, Father Raven's like, uh, I thought I saw another hand. You're like, no, no, we're good, <laughs> we're, we're good. This poor guy has to go through eternity looking like this, you know, that would be horrible. So he's arguing, great, let's get started. Right then, the room goes pitch black. It is dark. You can't smell anything. You can't see anything. You can't hear anything. There is nothing, absolutely nothing. You reach for your cell phone to light it up, but you know what? This is heaven. You couldn't bring it with you. Sorry. And there's nothing. And pretty soon, I mean, it feels like forever you're just in there. And then all of a sudden you hear what can only be the voice of God saying, let there be light. And the light comes on. You're like, Wow. And then all of a sudden you see the water begin to recede, sort of like my hairline in high school. And, and <laughs> you see grass beginning to grow, trees sprouting up, flowers blooming, all these different things, all because God is speaking into existence. Then you see the birds beginning to fly, and, and you see these animals beginning to graze, and they're doing all these awesome things. You just think, this is incredible. I can't believe this. All because God is speaking them into existence. Then... You look over there, and I'm going to slide down and get some water. You look over there in the back, and you see a guy walking, and you think, who is that? Oh, that's, that's the Lord. It's the Lord. What's he doing? He's bent down in the, in the ground, and he's picking up some dirt. See, there's a guy. He made Adam. That's Adam. And you're watching as Adam gets created. And then he puts him to sleep, and you think, well, why is he putting him to sleep? He's taking his rib. I bet that hurts. Hey, it's Eve. He created Eve. And you watch as all this is taking place, and you're just thinking, how in the world is this taking place? Well, it's not in the world, it's God. And you're watching all of this stuff happen before your eyes. And then you see the serpent, of course. The serpent enters the scene, and, and of course, he gets them to sin. And you watch as disobedience and sin enters into the picture. You see how man fell. And you're watching all this, and you're just thinking, how can this be? And you're taking it in. You feel every kind of emotion you can imagine. Joy, sorrow, fearlessness, fear helplessness, I mean, all of these incredible things. You go all over the place. Then you fast forward a little bit more, and you see the ark, and the ark is floating in the water, and you see Noah and, and all of his family is in there, and all the animals that God put on there, and you're thinking, well, this is pretty cool. It's, it's raining. Uh, I'm, I'm getting wet. This is kind of interesting. How come I'm not in the boat? And you're watching all this, and you see people in the water screaming, dying. Who are those people? Those are the people that turn their back on God and refuse to worship him. Then you fast forward a little bit more and you see Moses standing in front of a bush that is uh, on fire, but it's not burning up. And you are watching as Moses is being called by God into the ministry. Fast forward a little bit further, you see a, a big old fish come up out of the water and throw up. He pukes onto the, uh, the beach and there comes a guy. He steps out a little dirty, but he steps out and he walks on to the shores of Nineveh and he preaches God's word and those people turn to God. You're watching as all of this takes place. You fast forward a little bit further, and you see a prophet, Isaiah, and he's prophesying about the coming Messiah. You fast forward a little bit more, and you're there while Jesus is standing there, and, and the crowd is yelling, crucify him, crucify him, release Barabbas, crucify him. And you're just caught up in this. You're thinking, what are you people doing? What's wrong with you? Why are you doing this? 
And you watch as he goes to the cross and is beaten and is nailed to the cross. And now he's up there and he's dying. And as he's dying, you watch these two guys that are on either side of him hanging on the cross. You know they're thieves. You're watching. You know the story. On one side, the thief is, is shouting and he's, he's hurling insults with him like that's going to save him. And then the other guy looks at him and he says, why are you, why are you doing this? What, are you stupid? I mean, this guy didn't do anything. And then he looks at Jesus and what does he say? Remember me when you go into your kingdom. And what does Jesus say? Today you will be with me in paradise. That's incredible. And you're watching all this take place. You watch as Jesus is breathing his last breath and he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And you hear him say, it is finished. You watch as he dies, you're crushed, the ground shakes, and you're seeing all of this take place. You are just mortified. You can't believe what you're seeing. All of this is taking place in front of your eyes. You watch as they take Jesus down and they put him into the tomb. And as they put him into the tomb, they move a stone in front of it. And you know that that stone, stone, once it's put into place, it ain't moving. And there's guards posted and you're watching all this. And you are there for the next three days that feel like an eternity. Now you know that Jesus is going to raise again because believing that very thing is the whole reason you're here in the first place. And you know, but you're so caught up in it, you just can't even believe what you're seeing. You see the Marys coming. They're coming to mourn Jesus. You, you feel the ground shake. You see this flash of light. The stone is moved. Now there's an angel sitting on top of him. He says, I know who you're looking for. You're looking for Jesus, but he's not here. He raised, he's risen just like he said he would. And you follow the Marys in, and you're in the tomb, and you're looking, and you're like, it's empty, it's empty. I can't believe it. You jump for joy, and you're running right behind them, racing as you're screaming. He is risen. He is risen like he said he would. It's incredible. You fast forward a little bit further. You're in with the disciples and, and as they're... Uh, they're in the upper room, and you feel the, the walls beginning to shake. You see them shaking. You see that they're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're watching all of this happen as they go out from this room. What are they doing? They're preaching the gospel. They're preaching the word. And people are coming to know Jesus because of that. You watch as all that takes place. You fast forward a little bit further. There's you. You're kneeling at an altar in church on a Sunday morning, or maybe it's at junior high camp, or maybe it's on a school bus, or maybe it's at work, or wherever it is, but you are there as you are accepting Jesus. You're watching this. Only this time, you get to see the other end of it. You get to see the massive party that's taking place in heaven because you accepted Jesus. Fast forward a little bit further, you see yourself being sanctified. Fast forward a little bit further, you see yourself being caught up in the sky with Jesus, who is calling all of his saints, all of his believers home. You're watching as all this is taking place, and you begin to hear a bunch of singing, and all you're hearing is, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You Over and over you hear these words being sung. It is unbelievable. Are you with me this morning? Are you there? Are you picturing this? It's unreal. And then you find yourself back in the old room. The back doors fly open. There's Jesus. He is literally standing in the back of the room. You're thinking, I don't think I'm in that orientation thing anymore. I think that's really him. And you realize that is him. There can be no mistaking Jesus. That's him. And you run. You don't just run. You sprint. You are in an all-out sprint to greet Jesus. And you leap into his arms. You latch onto him. And you say, I love you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. And you're just bawling. And all those questions you thought you had, totally answered. You got them. You're there. You were hugging him. And here's what he says to you. Welcome home. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Ah, that is incredible. And you are doing this all because while you were sitting in church on a Sunday morning or on the school bus or wherever you were, while you were breathing and walking the face of this earth, you decided to log on to Jesus. You decided to trust in him and say, I confess 
that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God has risen him from the dead. That is my Savior. All because you accepted Jesus, you're now in heaven with him. Saul is having that encounter with Jesus. And he is about to log on. Anybody think that Saul had an incredible, carefree, no-trouble life? Well, you haven't read about him, have you? He had some awesome stuff happen, no doubt. He saw some incredible things. He preached to thousands and thousands and thousands of people, watched all kinds of people come to know him, but he was also arrested. He was also persecuted, beaten, uh, on trial. He, was, he had some tough times. Paul, then Saul, was about to log on to Jesus. Saul gets up. His friends, who still had no clue, I never did take that water. He had no clue what had happened. They just knew that they had to lead him to Damascus. And he goes on his way. And for the next three days, Saul begins to pray and fast, and he's waiting for God to tell him what, what to do next, waiting for Jesus to what to do next. But before that happened, as, as he is sitting there with Jesus, he's laying there on the ground, and Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he says, who are you, Lord? And he says, I am Jesus of Nazareth, and you're persecuting me. And he tells him, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go to this house, and you're going to sit, and you're going to wait. And Saul's like, okay. He's ready. I mean, what would you say? Nah, let's see what else you got. Absolutely not. Who's dumb enough to do that? Yeah, that was a cool light show, but I'm still living. Are you stupid? Of course he's going to jump onto that, right? <laughs> Anybody want to? No, I don't even want to see your hand if you're dumb enough to take that bet. Okay? So, as you know what? My mind, as you've already pictured, is weird. <laughs> when I read these things, I like to sometimes put myself into that picture, and I kind of wonder how would it happen. Or I think of a movie that I saw or something like that. Anybody see the original Batman? The one with Michael Keaton as Batman? You know, the, the best Batman ever? Okay, well, there's a scene... In that movie where Batman has just caught a thief. I can't remember if he was a robber, burglar, or what he was. He was a thief. He was a bad guy. And he grabs him by his, his collar, and he is holding him over the, the edge of a building. I mean, it's a very tall skyscraper in downtown Gotham. Are you with me? You know this scene? And he's at him, and he's like, I want you to tell your friends about me. And he's like, what are you? I'm Batman. Right? Well, he didn't let him go, but that would be funny. Okay? And uh, so I like to picture this with, with Jesus and Saul. Like He's like... <laughs> He grabs him and he says, I want you to tell the Gentiles about me. Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus. Okay. You know, so, I mean, that kind of thing. I like to picture that kind of thing. <laughs> but meanwhile, there's a guy the name Ananias. I told you we'd talk about him. Ananias had already logged on to Jesus. Ananias is praying. And he has, or actually he might have been asleep. I can't remember that exact detail. But he has a vision from Jesus. And he says, Ananias. Yes, Lord. Here's what I want you to do. And he begins to tell him what he wants to do. And he says, there is a guy who's, who's from Tarsus, and he is at this house on Straight Street. And he is, he is right now, he's praying, he's waiting to find out what to do. And in a vision, he has seen this guy named Ananias, that's you, coming and telling him what to do further. And uh, Ananias is like, yeah, 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 I know the guy. And he's like, well, go see him. <clears throat> but Lord, there's a little bit of a, a resistance here. But Lord, I'm familiar with this guy. I've Googled him. I didn't have Google. But I'm familiar with this guy. I know who he is. And right now, he has letters. Lord, do you know? Imagine that. You're asking, Lord, did you know that? Of course he's the Lord, he knows. So he's like, did, but, but he has these letters, and, and he has permission, and he is persecuting, and he's killing, and I'm a, and so I don't want to, are you sure? 
It's me. And, and Jesus says, look, you're going to do it. Do it. You're logged on to me. You are committed to me. Do it. I know you will, so go do it. And when you do this, here's the deal. Saul has already seen all of this. In a, I've told him this is exactly what he said. So when you go, he's going to go, uh-oh. <laughs> Here's what's coming. And, and when Ananias uh, agreed to obey him and do what he had said, you know, Jesus had already said, look, I will show him how much he must suffer because of my name. Saul has done all this stuff. There are consequences to the stupid stuff we do. And Saul was going to find him out. But Saul was going to be later named Paul, and, and he had an incredible life, but also an incredible uh, persecuted life as well. Ananias goes to this house, knocks on the door, and he prays with Saul. And he heals Saul because of Jesus. And something like scales falls off of Saul's eyes, and Saul can now see. And he spends the next while being discipled by the disciples on what it means to be a Christian. And then he went out and is responsible for writing the majority of our New Testament. Pretty cool story. Here's the deal. Saul logged on. He hadn't been logged on before. Thought he was logged on to the correct thing. Some of us think that we are totally logged on to God when in fact we are not. Saul was one of those guys. But every one of us this morning is logged on to something. Regardless of what it is, it might be a hobby, it might be a job, it might be, who knows? It could be anything. But all of us are logged on to something. The question this morning is, is it Jesus? Are you logged on to Jesus? You see, if you're logged on to Jesus, you are in tune with what Jesus wants you to do. You cannot go off the path without having some problems, right? Still with me? Awesome. We are all logged on to something. So my question for you this morning, as we get ready to pray, is what are you logged on to? Do you believe with your heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead? Do you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord? Do you absolutely believe that Jesus is the way? In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Do you know what that means? Oprah's got it wrong. When she says, there are millions of ways to get to God. Not our God, not the God, not the creator of us all. There is only one way, and that is through Jesus Christ, his son. You see, God designed it that way, and that's how it works. Works pretty well, I think. So there's your question. How are we doing with all that? And by the way, I have no idea in my notes where I am. So there you go. So back to that question. This is in closing. You can come up. Um, has anyone ever mistaken you for Jesus? Remember that question I asked earlier? Has anyone ever thought, wow, you're so close to Jesus, <laughs> you must be him. You see, some of us this morning may very well be hearing about Jesus for the first time. I doubt it, but it may very well be. And so maybe this is the first time you've ever even had an opportunity to log on to Jesus. And by the way, the log on thing is not a scriptural thing. It's just, it's a way of thinking about it. It is accepting Jesus. It is believing in Christ and having Christ come into your heart and be your Savior, which means eternity for everyone who believes. Yeah? All right. Stand with me. Now, I'm not a, a, a big fan of drawing altar calls out by any stretch. So here's the deal. If you need to pray, just come pray. Do you know that these altars up here are, are designed just as a meeting place for God? There's nothing 
spectacular about these particular altars other than it is a place where you can meet meet God and talk to God. Did you know you can talk to God where you're sitting right now or standing? Did you know that you can meet God in your car? Did you know that you can meet God walking down the street? Even at a public high school, you can meet God. Did you know that? If you need to pray, you can pray where you're at or you can run down here and pray. We're not going to drag this out. We're going to sing this song. And if you want to come pray, come pray. If you want to stay there and pray, pray. But here's the deal. Pray! That's all I'm saying. Okay? Here's the deal. I hope that you are prayed up. I want to race each and every one of you to see who gets to hug Jesus first. That would be awesome. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this time, Lord. We thank you for the message you brought to us this morning, Lord. I pray that each one of us really, truly is ready to meet you, Lord. Uh, I look forward to that day. And Lord, I don't know what you've got planned for us up there, Lord. I know that you've been up there for a very, very long time preparing a place for us. And if it's taking you this long to prepare that place for us, there is no way we can possibly imagine what it's going to be like. You give us some ideas in your scriptures, what it's going to be like, streets of gold and and emeralds and rubies and everything else that we couldn't even possibly imagine, but I can't wait to see it. And Lord, I pray that you would just help each one of us as we go through this week, Lord. If we are not ready to meet you, if we are not ready to call you Lord and be welcomed home by you, Lord, I pray that you would send your Holy Spirit and just nag us until we come to know you. Father God, you have incredible things planned for our lives if we will just follow you. And I, I thank you for that. Uh, sometimes they are scary, Lord, and I fully recognize that. But, Lord, I pray that you would just go with us this week uh, and, again, just help us to have a spectacular time. Thank you again, Jesus. pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen.